0: Hello and welcome to the Marysville Church of Christ podcast. My name is Bishop Darby, and uh, today in our 20 questions segment, we'll be addressing a question on science. This is actually the inauguration of what's going to be several podcasts on the idea of God and science. Today we're going to be addressing, can I believe in the Big Bang and God? And I'd like us to start with an explanation of something that we often miss. There is no conflict between God and science. For far too long, Christians and scientists have found themselves at odds of a makeshift divide, one that in actuality is just an illusion. Science does not have the block on logic and reason. And for far too long, Christians have labored under the pretext that to have faith is to fear science to fear study, to fear proof, or to fear reason. But this is not the case at all. There is no tension between faith and science. Faith does not require that we turn off our brain. Faith is not a blind hope in something that has no evidence. Faith is an open-ended inquiry that forces us to constantly use our brain, to constantly engage in thinking, in reason, and in observation. Faith requires us to use our mind for God's glory. In the Old Testament, the entire old law was based upon one command called the Shema. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, we see it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. In the New Testament, when Jesus was asked by teachers of the law what the greatest and most important command in all of Scripture was, he quoted the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength, but then he added something. With all your mind. Luke ten twenty seven. Jesus' changing of this foundational, original command and introducing this imperative to think is radical because what it reveals is Jesus being aware of the changing modern world. In the time of Christ, he was influencing and influenced by the Roman Empire, an empire that expanded all throughout the Mediterranean from stretches in the farthest of Western Europe all the way into Eastern Europe, into Africa, and into the Middle East. And in so doing, there was a spread of a lot of different ideas and philosophies. You have a rise of Hellenism, Greek philosophy, based in Neoplatonism and Aristotle. You had Eastern thinkers and Northern thinkers who were impacting the way we view reality, material, time, and thought. And Jesus realized that these followers of him were going to be exposed to all of these ideas. And so when he's laying out the foundation, the cornerstone. For his new religion, he starts by reminding people to think, to love the Lord with their mind. Today we're going to be doing that, loving the Lord with our mind. And I'm going to be asking us to think deeply, rationally, radically, and focused in an effort to try to rectify God and science. Is it possible to believe in God and the Big Bang? The answer? Yes. Of course it is. In fact, the premise of a God utilizing scientific means and methods to produce a naturalistic world just makes sense. It's not only rational, but probable given the set circumstances around us. So, if you find yourself out there right now wrestling with science and God, believing in the Big Bang or evolution, these next couple podcasts are for you. If you're someone out there who believes in young earth creation, the more traditional view of Christianity, good for you. Listen carefully and learn about what other people around you may believe. So wherever it is that you find yourself listening to this podcast, let's jump right in. See, the theory of the Big Bang is often misunderstood. We often uh, in the church characterize it as um, almost humorous, completely and utterly ridiculous. An explosion out of nothing that gives birth to life. It's, it's too good to be true. It's too ridiculous to be true. But the reality is, uh, the Big Bang is actually a method that was opposed from its onset. All the way back in 1919, when scientists began to utilize Einstein's theory of general relativity and using his equations to determine that the universe was rapidly expanding, it was immediately opposed by everyone. No one wanted to believe that the universe was still expanding. Because if the universe is still expanding, it came into contradiction with another prevalent view of the time, something called the oscillating universe theory. The oscillating universe theory presupposed that the universe didn't need God, that it was completely self-determined, like a rubber band constantly expanding and then contracting and expanding and contracting. So the universe would expand, contract, and then expand again a process that would go on for eternity. But the Big Bang began to challenge that as people began to discover that the universe is just expanding and expanding and expanding, and eventually it's going to slow down. And as the laws of science indicate to us, that all the expended energy will turn into apathy. into nothing. So the universe will expand until it ceases and falls into disarray. This completely flew in the face of the godless universe the scientists of the time were hoping for. And in 1967, when it was beginning, beginning to form as the most logical conclusion, many scientists, including the one who mockingly gave it the name, the Big Bang, refused to give up hope that maybe, just maybe, this isn't the case. So what exactly is the Big Bang? Why did it scare scientists, and why does it scare Christians? Let's quickly go through it. It's going to be kind of technical. I'll do my best to keep it as not technical as I can, but this is um, pretty intense uh, physics that we're talking about here, astrophysics that we're going to be delving into. So at time zero, meaning the, the inauguration of the Big Bang, there was nothing. There was a void. And this void yielded forth a singular force and energy, through a quantum fluctuation. This quantum fluctuation is most r- related to what we know in quantum physics as a quantum leap, a visible particle jumping into existence by borrowing energy to expend it back out. This singularity, this singular uh, energy and force that actualized in the void, therefore brought energy from the void and would expend it back out. This Uncaused cause, as science deems it, or emergent duality, meaning the existence of existence, is a process that many astrophysicists have wrestled with over the last decade and a half, trying to explain how it occurred. Many astrophysicists have their own theories, but the general consensus is that we can't know yet how that occurred. We don't have enough knowledge of quantum physics to know how that occurred. But they argue that it occurred. So from the void came a singular force, a singular energy, through a quantum process that we can't replicate or understand. And from that point on, a lot of things began to happen. This singular force and energy that came, actualized from this quantum fluctuation, was so hot, so full of of energy that it uh, it could not maintain particles or expand until it cooled. So from time zero to 10 to the... Uh, negative forty-third of a second, something known as the Planck epoch, it began to cool into a state of quantum gravity. From ten to the negative forty-third second to ten to the negative thirty-six second, or roughly a trillion of a trillion of a trillionth of a second. In the grand unification epoch, the temperatures began to cool down enough that things began to break apart. Forces became evident that weren't before. And as the cooling continued, we see from ten to the negative thirty-sixth of a second to 10 to the negative 30 se- uh, second of a second, we began to see that things cooled down enough that it began to expand. This this energy, this force began to expand. And it, be- it expanded so rapidly to the tune of 26 orders of magnitude that it began to, to project itself through the void, creating the universe. And as this, this singular force and energy expanded through the universe, it released uh, a lot of potential energy in the form of an ultra-hot plasma, with the first quantum elements, quirks, antiquirks, and gluons. From that point on, in the quirk epoch, the final decoupling of force occurs through cooling, and the Higgs field gives particles mass for the first time. And then, we have protons and neutrons, relationships beginning to form, and the first second, after the Big Bang. So all of that occurs in one second. From the first quantum fluctuation to the expansion of... Uh, the expanding universe, all happens in one second. Now, I don't have time to talk about all the reasons that this is reasonable. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know this Big Bang story, and you've read the evidences of it. You've seen the, the radiation background in space. You've read the reports on the occurring sounds of a distant explosion, we, we can see the expanding, rapidly expanding extent of our universe and how it's still growing. You've read all about it, and that's why you're here. So you've you've heard of this story, this big bang, this theory, and you've become so impressed by it. And many scientists tell you that this disproves God. But does it? To take it back to time zero, in the void, a quantum fluctuation, an uncaused cause, brings forth a singular energy and force that borrows energy that is not there to expend it back to a void. In a process that no astrophysicist can nail down. Would it not seem reasonable then to assume that there was a cause for the cause? In what place or time in science has it ever been a reasonable conclusion to assume that there was nothing, and then there was something? Existence cannot come from unexistence, from non-existence. Existence re- is required for existence to occur. Therefore, if something is, then there had to have been something that was, and continually is. For there to be existence, there has always had to have been existence. So what scientifically can we prove exists always? The universe can't, as is evidenced by the existence of a void or the non-existence of a void. The only thing that can exist always is God. For there to be existence, the fact that there is existence, the fact that there is a universe, the fact that there was a quantum fluctuation is indicative of the fact that there always had to have been something existing. That something being God. Let me also consider this. Have you consider this, rather. If there is going to be a Big Bang, if there is going to be a force that expands, then there is going to have to be a catalyst. And that big bang needs, for lack of a better word, a big banger. It needs God. Whether you want to look at it from an uncaused cause, whether you want to look at it from an emergent duality, existence from non-existence, whether you want to talk about a catalyst for a scientific reaction, All of those things, all three of those things, the core things of the Big Bang theory require an existent God, a force that can act upon it. Even Einstein's theory of relativity proves that. That it needs a a cosmic observer of sorts to be able to establish the boundaries of a quantum reaction, of a quantum fluctuation of an expanding universe can you believe in God and the Big Bang? I would argue that if you believe in the Big Bang, you have to believe in a God. Following the laws of science, there is no reasonable and rational explanation that exists outside of an existent God. The Big Bang shouldn't scare us away from the existence of God. It should bring us closer to faith in a God. There are many Christians I know and I love who believe in the Big Bang, who are scientists who love astrophysics and have walked away with a deeper level of faith because of the science that so many of us fear. I hope that you consider this. I hope that you reach out to me. My, my email is bishopdarbyministries at gmail.com, and I would love to unpack some of this with you. Obviously, I gave a very quick whirlwind approach to this, and I had to just touch on several things I wish I could have expanded on. But for now, let it be enough to know this. You can believe in science and God. You can believe in the Big Bang and God. Because at the end of science, we find a God of science. At the end of the natural world, we find the creator of the natural world. And even in the universe, in the mysteries of space, we see the fingerprints of the divinity all around us. Well, thank you so much. God bless you and go with God. I look forward to talking to you later.